0: Pastor Roda, God bless you, and I'm continuing with the series on Picture Perfect. So continuing on that, I will title this segment, Don't Just Read Your Story, Write Your Story. So we are going to look again on Jesus. is our perfect example, how he did what he did, and the Bible says he's the author of our faith and the finisher of our faith. So we are learning from him, and we are learning of him. So from Luke chapter 4, verse 16, and recovery of sight to the blind to set at liberty those who are oppressed to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Then he closed the book and gave it back to the attendant and sat down. And the eyes of all who were in the synagogue were fixed on him. And he began to say to them, Today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. So this is Jesus um, after the the temptation and after the baptism and as he was starting his ministry. The Bible says that he went into the synagogue and this he was doing, it was his practice to go. But um, the Bible says on this particular day, he stood up, he indicated that he, he wanted to read the scroll. And so he was given the permission to read the scroll. And the, of course, the, uh, the spirit led him to open where it was written of him, where it has been framed. This picture perfect um, vision had been framed right in there. So he opened it and he read it as if to say, this is my picture, I presented it to you. And then after reading, he made a profound statement. He said, today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. As if to say, it is no more going to just remain on writing. It's not just going to remain for people to read it so you hear. But from now on, I'm going to write it. I'm going to play it out for you to see practically. So what was written in pictures, as it were, is now going to be translated into operation. And now going forward, we are going to read these scriptures in my life or in the account of what I'm going to do. So watch me live it. Uh, Watch me write the story. Watch me break it down for you. Watch me make this scripture become a living episode. So now we become that living episode as uh, Apostle Paul Clary wrote it in Second Corinthians three verse two to four, he said you are our epistle written in our heart, known and read by all men. Clearly you are an epistle of Christ, ministered by us, written not with ink, but by the Spirit of the Living God, not on tablets of stone, but on tab- a tablet of flesh, that is of the heart. So this is Jesus just displaying exactly what Apostle Paul wrote here by the Spirit of God. That when we, after we write the vision and make it plain, we don't just leave it there, we, we write it. So you are, Jesus read the, the the book of the of Isaiah, how it was documented. He lived it out. So as if to say, I read and now I have to write. So I, what book are you writing? Are you writing a book that someone else is going to read in order to be inspired and to also write their book. So in Luke chapter 7, again, making reference to Jesus, and this was when John the Baptist sent his disciples to go and ask Jesus if he was a Christ. So Luke chapter 7 from verse 22 to 23, say Jesus answered and said to them, Go and tell John the things you have seen and heard, that the, that the blind see, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, The dead are raised. The poor have been uh, preached the gospel and to them, and blessed is he who is not offended because of me. So uh, uh, at a point, John the Baptist was like, okay, I know one of those assignments that he's supposed to do was to come and restore the kingdom to Israel. And of course, they were waiting in the physical, looking to see these things. But he went and he remained. And so in a little bit of doubt, I, I presume, he sent his disciples to go and inquire again. Of, of course, this is the same John who pointed to Jesus and said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. So what has brought in this doubt? Is it because what he is living out or writing is not clear to them or they did not in the first place understand the vision or understand the purpose or understand what was written about him? But thank God for Jesus who understood and is playing it out. So in response to Uh, john's disciples he said go and tell them that the blind see this is what i read about me that i'm going to give sight to the blind the lepers are healed those that are oppressed have been set free the gospel is preached to the poor this is it so these are the writings these are my the living epistles these are the things that are now being clearly portrayed so you really don't need to go back in the book to read it read my works for my works are following me read my works So these are my writings for you, plainly. The blind are saying, John, can you see this? Can you now read it from my life, from my accomplishment? So Jesus has given us a great example of what to do. So after you've framed that uh, picture and you look at it and inspires you, don't stop there. That is the beginning of a story that is going to be written by you. And I pray that after you have written your story, Anyone who is going to read it will be so inspired that will see the handiwork of God and all the glory will be to Jesus. And at the end of the day, of course, your reward will be great to the glory of God. So God bless you. Amen. Pastor, here. God bless you richly bringing God's word to you today. Always a pleasure. And I would thank God for the opportunity. And Father, we receive your word today. We receive it with thanksgiving. I pray, Lord, that they, they will hear my voice, but they will hear you, Lord. Speak to their needs, mighty God. Let it minister to them personally and let your power be revealed even through your word in their lives to the glory and praise of your mighty name in Jesus name amen today I'll be sharing on a picture perfect that's what I've titled it and I know a lot of people a lot of us that love photos can relate to this if you love to take photograph um, a lot of times we we'll take photograph at our best when we look our best and those pictures is what you like to display to others or in a public place maybe in your family area in your living room in your house that's what you want to place and then uh, i remember in time past when as we we're growing up when we have visitors coming we present our photo album for them to go through as if as it were like telling a story of your life they will see your best days what you've accomplished what happened here and there so be, they become like a documentation of what they haven't seen But now that they are here in your house, you want to give them opportunity to learn more about you in pictures. And to those in social media, those are the kind of photos, your best photos, you want to put in your profile picture or cover photo. You don't put those bad pictures that you really don't want people to see of you in those public places. And I believe too that God would like us to have a picture that is perfect, you know, as we go in the journey of our lives. We all have a vision. Everyone born of God has a purpose on this earth. And that's why you are living. God would have spoken to you in one way or the other. He speaks in diverse ways. So some people must have shown them vision of their life. And you see, even God is so interested in pictures too. Because many times he shows us pictures of what, to, of what we are to expect or the visions of our life. And for instance, he shows you a big crowd of people and you are ministering to them that picture sticks on your mind so it becomes like a perfect picture for you to continually look on to encourage you so even when you want to stop and throw in the towel you remember that picture you will rise up and you keep moving many times we read a book you might forget the lines you might forget the phrases but the picture will always stick and jesus during his ministry he taught a lot of the times in pictures and those were parables so you will use illustrations of physical things that we can relate with and use it to bring out spiritual truth. And God love us, would like us to have those pictures. Habakkuk 2 to post it this way, that you write a vision and make it plain, that those that will read it will run. Making it plain is to make it, you know, in a readable form or in a picture that people can clearly see. And I would like us to read here, about this particular uh, scripture that many times we've misunderstood what Apostle Paul was actually um, communicating in Philippians 3, verse 12 to 14. He said, Not that I have already attained or I'm already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended But one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind, I'm reaching forward to those things which are ahead. I press towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Apostle Paul is saying here, there are two pictures he painted here. Many times we read it to mean that Apostle Paul said anything that has ever happened to you in the past, forget it so you can move forward. So he's not really saying forget everything. He's saying that anything that is going to hinder you from pressing forward, those are the things we should forget. And those are the things we should not allow to have hold on us. And the reason is because so that we can keep moving forward. But he had a picture in front of him and he had a picture behind him. So, as it were, the picture of where he's going, the goal pressing towards the mark is a picture of the people is going to affect the grace that is going to impact on others. Just the same way Christ impacted him. So when he made a reference of uh, how Christ laid hold of him, he's actually talking about his encounter with Jesus. And of course, we remember the obvious encounter he had with Jesus on the road to Damascus, how Christ appeared to him and the glory shone around him. So that is kind of a picture that always remains with him. So even as he looks back into his past, he will always see that picture. And it motivates him to keep pressing on to affect those people ahead. Because the same grace that he's been given, he wants to impact on others. So there is a balance here. So he's not saying that we we must forget everything. But there are things you must keep at the forefront of our mind. Many times the visions of God, they become so clear when we keep looking at them and then we keep understanding them. And so even the children of, the, uh, children of Israel, they were always um, focusing on those pictures where God came through for them. And one of them was the crossing of the Red Sea. They had a, like a framed photograph on their mind. Each time they encountered another difficulty, they remember how God parted the Red Sea. And they will be encouraged. What picture do you have on your mind? That breakthrough that you had now that is fading away even in this difficult time you don't seem to remember it. Bring back the picture put it where you can see so you receive strength from that and keep moving forward. There is a perfect picture that will always motivate you for each and every day of our life and sometimes to difficult times Um, We can think about them, but not in a bad way. But you think about how God delivered you. For instance, personally, the times where my husband and I were waiting for to have children, to have our first child, it took so long, almost 10 years. It was a trying period. It was a, a sad period, period of disappointment. But today, I look back to those days. It don't depress me, don't push me down anymore, but it motivates me. I saw how God came through for us. I saw his deliverance. I, I saw and we experienced his breakthrough. And this is now pushing us forward, even to help others to have that victory that God gave to us. So you see, we don't forget completely, but those pictures move us forward. So I pray today that you remember again the vision of God, that you make it clear. Even Jesus had that picture. In John 17 verse 5, Jesus said, Jesus said, And now, O Father, glorify me together with yourself with the glory which I had with you before the world was. So the same glory that he had with the Father is the same glory right now he's looking at as he was proceeding to the cross where he was going to suffer. He said, I know there was a glory I had with you in the past. And that's the glory that I desire now to have after all I'm going to do on the cross. So that picture helped him too, even as human on earth. So today, bring that photograph again, put it again very clear, and look at it and be encouraged to keep pressing towards the mark of your calling. And the Lord give you great success. In Jesus' name, amen. I ask Pastor that God bless you. I thank you for tuning in. And Father, I thank you for the opportunity to share your word with my listener right now. I pray, mighty God, by the power of your word, that as your word gets to their ears, oh God, I pray, Lord Jesus, it will meet their needs. Every area of need, you know where their needs are right now. And I pray, Father, that you, oh God, will manifest your power in their life. Their heart will respond to receive of you. Receive of the word and receive, O God, of the anointing that comes even through your word. Even as I speak over them today, I pray a blessing over them. cover them, mighty God. Provide for all of their needs according to your riches in glory. And receive all the praises, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. So today I'll be sharing on the different breed. The different breeds with different kind of people, a different setup of people. And not just as uh, being born again, but even in our practices, the way we practice some things, even as believers, we must practice certain things differently. Um, I know that as believers, many people have different denominations and they have different practices too. But today I want us to see that our practices line up. what we believe our practices must line up with the life of the New Testament and that is what God requires of us you know Jesus was of the same uh, kind the Bible says he was fully God yet he was fully man and when he was born and uh, he came on the earth he needed to be fully man in order to manifest all that he needed to do here on earth so he didn't uh, walk his walk because he was God or his God part it was actually his human path that did all that needed to be done. You must be human in order to manifest or to walk here in this earth. And that was why Jesus needed to be born as a baby and went through the pattern and the process of being a man. So he was tempted like every other man. Yet the Bible says he was without sin. But he needed to go through all that process just to confirm to us that he acted as a man. So even in his time, he faced physical challenges. He was born in the time of the law. So even a situation would have even been more difficult because then you were in the law and people were watching you not to break the law because of course you needed to keep the law. So there was this instance recorded in Luke chapter 9. And I'll be reading from verse 54. Now, this was a scenario that they were going into the village of the Samaritans. And they denied them entry. They they refused them to enter into the village. So as it were, the disciples were not happy about it. So they wanted to respond to the situation. So Luke 9 from verse 54 says, And when his disciples uh, James and John saw this, they said, Lord, do you want us to command fire to come down from heaven and consume them? just as Elijah did, but he turned and rebuked them and said, You do not know what manner of spirit you are of. For the Son of Man did not come to destroy men's life, but to save them. And they went to another village. What a different breed. He was in the time of the Lord. Up until now, it was okay to do this. After Elijah did it, Elijah was a great prophet, and he did all that he did in the time where God was using him and he performed the miracles he consumed fire and the sacrifices were consumed with fire and then the prophets obeyed they were destroyed but at the end of the day uh, as great as that was Jesus is now letting the disciples know say hey hey guys you've been following me now for a while and I know you know the law I know you know what the prophets has done but this is a different era The way you do things must change too. the practices must change you know, Jesus lived in the time of the law. He didn't break the law as insane, but he was able to walk between the law and grace. He was able to balance certain things. He was actually at that period he brought out the truth of the law, even explaining to the people in that time. So teaching his disciples here, say, you don't even know the kind of spirit you are of. That means you don't even know what you have been born again to do. Even if the disciples have not been born again because Jesus hasn't died this time. But the pattern that Jesus has come to establish is not after the law, but according to grace. And grace says that Jesus Christ fulfilled the law for us. So our ways of doing things must not be patterned after the old pattern, but we must be of a different breed. And the reason why he, what he gave them is that um, the Son of Man has come to save man and not to condemn man. So as it where you want to call fire and consume, the people have come to die for or to save. So our practices, are they anti-God? Are they anti-the will of God? Are they against the God's will? The Bible says it is His will that none should perish. So when we pray prayer, fall down and die, fall down and die. Whose will are you, are you in? Whose will are you fulfilling? Is it the will of God? To kill a sinner that God has come to save. So Jesus rebuked them here. He said, you are not of that spirit. You have the spirit to give life. We have life-giving spirit. We minister life. We minister grace. Then someone will ask me, of course, what do you want me to do to the sinners or to the witches and wizards? Well, we pray prayer. The Bible says we love our enemies. We pray for those that persecute us. And we do good to all men. It's left for God to know how to handle them. And of course, He's still leading them to be saved because right now, the end has not yet come. Every man has opportunity to receive Christ. So, he told them, you are not of that spirit. He rebuked them and then the remedy was, he went to another village. God will always make a way of escape if we listen enough. If we are praying and praying that people are persecuting us or punishing us, God always makes ways of escape. If we listen where well, we will see. The Bible says His Spirit leads us away from temptation. Lead us away from temptation by His word and by following the voice of the Spirit. God will lead you away from perse- from persecution and from temptation. So I pray that we get this understanding today that we must be of a different breed. Now, in Luke chapter seven, verse twenty-eight, saying, "Therefore I say to you, among those born of women, there is not a greater prophet than John the Baptist, but he who is least in the kingdom of God is greater than he." That means even john the baptist as great as he was we of this new testament we are greater because then john the baptist well jesus hadn't died for him at that time and he did great things what about we that are now born after the shedding of the blood of jesus and even john the baptist was greater than elijah and then imagine we we were also greater than elijah so this is a pattern and what makes us greater is that the spirit of God now dwells in us, the greater one now dwells in us, and then we are expected to do greater works. And one of the greater works that we are supposed to do is to give life. So giving life is part of our assignment after Jesus wrote and told us and said, You will do greater works to give life to many to become people that reconcile men to God. That is greater works. So 1 Peter 1:23, he 1, said, having been born again. Not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible seed through the word of God which lives and abide forever. This is the spirit that we have. This is the spirit of the new breed. They they are they walk up according to the spirit of God. They are of incorruptible seed. Nothing can break them. They don't walk according to the law, they walk by grace, they are life givers. So I pray today that in this experience um we will learn again. Of course, when everything is all said and done, if we have those that, even if we're born again, but we're practicing as it were of the law or those things that we're practicing, is not that that gives life and not after the mind of God. This is time to go away and do away with such practices and become a new breed. Let's turn all things all over again. Let's change. Let's get more understanding. Let's understand the mind of God and begin to do things even as Jesus did. Jesus is our perfect example. We do not uh, act according to any other kind of... uh, prophet as it were. They did their own. They obeyed God in their time. But Jesus is our perfect example. When you put your eyes on Jesus, you won't get it wrong. If you read according to how Jesus did everything he did, you will see that you will not fall a victim of the mistakes of the old and you will be able to stand on a healthy ground to do what you do so i pray today that the spirit of god continue to abide with you continue to lead you in the way of truth and keep you as a new breed a different breed a brand new person practicing according to the things of god god bless you today amen Pastor Surrida here, God bless you. I'll be sharing today with us about the seed. And I want someone to be like the seed. The seed of a plant is so important because in that seed, you, you have continuity you are sure of your next harvest and if you have good seed and the bible says you plant it in a good soil it will definitely grow and germinate and bear much fruit so today i see this season that we are in like the season of the planting of the seed now when we see this planted it's cut off from the physical light is cut off from the physical side is cut off from the physical everything in the physical but there is a kind of nourishment that is seed guess from within And that nutrient is what helps it to survive while it's covered. And then eventually it will sprout up and grow and become the tree and become the uh, tree bearing seed again. So the cycle continues. I believe that in this season, God is making it like a planting season for his children. So either we choose to call it down. To take ourselves as seed that is covered by the earth, the soil, away from the crowd, away from the physical light, away from physical gatherings in church, away from physical bubbling of business. But there, God is busy nourishing us, giving us insight even from within. So our physical eyes may be shut off, we're not seeing physically, but our spirit eyes are popped open, the eyes of our faith and understanding is being opened up to continue to connect and to receive nutrient from the lord and uh, you know jesus was of like uh, manner the time when jesus came was actually the season that the old earth seemed to be covered with gross darkness nothing much was happening people were fainting because the prophets had prophesied the prophecies of god coming to redeem and to rescue they were beginning to faint because they thought that okay when is this coming but um, at that season where everything seemed to be black and blink, Jesus showed up and the Bible says uh, he was conceived, conceived silently. In the period of conception, no one knew. The world didn't know. And the period of uh, his birth, the world didn't know. They didn't recognize that a king has been born. And on until he was uh, groomed, he became a teenager. He grew up all these times. The people did not recognize. Him as the master or as Jesus, but he was there, he was hidden from the people's understanding on eyes. But God was there covering him and nourishing him. He took time to stay in that season of planting, receiving from the Lord. He studied the world. We would not forget that Jesus came as God, yet he was fully man. So, as man, he needed to go through the stages of every man that will have to uh, function on the earth, therefore, he needed to groom himself. He needed to learn and he learned by the Spirit of God. He took time to stay with God. He was not in a hurry to run out to the limelight, but he was there receiving from God. And he did not in any way prove that he was less of Jesus because he wasn't recognized publicly, but he knew the seasons and the timing for his life. And when the time for him to come out and manifest, boom, he was out there. And the Bible says, says that he went into the temple and he taught the people and the people marveled at the nature and the authority with which he taught them. And so one account I'm going to read today is in Matthew chapter 7 from verse 28 to 29. And so it was when Jesus has ended these sayings that the people were astonished at his teaching for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. He taught them with one with a different kind of authority and before now in that same chapter he had taught them a lot he taught them about judge not that you know you may not be judged he taught them about asking he taught them on how to build on he gave them illustration of a wise man and a foolish man that a wise man builds on the rock and the foolish one builds on sand and the one that is built on rock when the Dry came and rain came and the wind came, the house stood and when the other one, the rain came and the wind came, the house fell because it was founded on a poor foundation. And so after all this teaching, the people were so astonished as if to say, we have never heard the word taught like this. We have never seen this kind of revelation before. This must be from a different kind of authority. And so they compared him with the scribe. He said, not as the scribe. So who were the scribes? The scribes were the learned people on the land. In those days, they knew the, the, the scroll, the writings of God from page to page. They could interpret it they even had time to study, even sometimes the spacing of some letters because those also meant something in the interpretation of the law, they knew the law and so Jesus come and taught better than those who knew the law physically and I'm sure they were wondering, we have never seen him in any of our classrooms, we have not taught him because of course he's the son of a carpenter, he was in the carpentry shop, he never came to this kind of school, to be schooled in the law, so on whose authority is a teaching now one of the example of his scribe is ezra ezra was a prophet and then he he was a great teacher in his time and the scribes in jesus time they worked you know they were like colleagues with the pharisees Although not all Pharisees were scribes, but many of them were all working together. So you see that many times the Pharisees and the scribes they were always against Jesus because they did not know where he got his knowledge from. They could not understand him, they could not fathom how he taught. But they knew in their heart that after he finished teaching, there was something different. The heart of the people will prick within them. They will feel this power of God come on them. And they knew they couldn't really deny it, but out of jealousy, they couldn't submit. Me to him, and so they were always challenging him. Another instance where they challenged him again was in um, Luke chapter 20, from verse 1 to 7. You can read it there. After he taught them, the people were like, Okay, where are you getting your authority from? And then Jesus threw back the question at them and said, The John John the Baptist was preaching before I came, right? And then he he taught uh, the baptism of uh, John, he taught you guys repentance. Where did he get his own authority from? Now the people were confused because if the answer is from God, then of course they will now um, um, uh, the people will now know that they believe in God and they believe in John's teaching. And then if they say, no, it's not from God, the people will stone them because of course they knew John the Baptist was of God. So they were confused. They didn't know what to answer. And then Jesus said, well, you can't tell me, then I can't tell you too. Because even if I tell you, you won't believe it because it's the same source, it's the same God, who has taught John the Baptist that taught me. But you are against me not because you really want to know, but because of your jealousy. So you see, Jesus came out in the surface manifesting big, even if he was covered all those periods as it were, like his seed. So I see this season as God's covering. So I want us to see that we are receiving strength from the Lord. We are receiving nutrient, especially for those whose business is you know out there for business people, for even songwriters, especially for ministers. And you think like, oh, you may be you're depressed because you are cut off of what you love to do. I bet you be like the sea. Begin to write those songs that God is giving you. Begin to write your inspirations, begin to make your business strategies and plan, put things in place because when it's all said and done, you're going to manifest big. And people will wonder what school did you go to? Did you go to another kind of business school? Or as a songwriter, you'll come out singing. The the lyrics that God has given you in the closet will minister to hearts, that hearts will bow to Jesus and they will minister in spirit and in truth. So I want us to all see ourselves as seed. This time the Lord is busy planting us. And Isaiah puts it this way in Isaiah 37 from verse 31, he said, And the remnant who have escaped of the house of Judah shall again take root downward and bear fruit upward. So my question to you today, are you a remnant? Because you are still remaining and breathing, you are a remnant. And if you are a child of God, you are a remnant. And so this is a peace for you. It is time to take root downwards to begin to soak in from the Lord so that when you come out, you will bear fruit upwards. Jesus said "My, that you will abide in me and my word abide in you and you will bear fruit. And then when you bear fruit, your fruit will remain. So you become that mighty tree that is going to spring up and give shade to many people, give covering to many people. So don't see this. Don't lose this opportunity. You are a seed or don't cover from limelight. Don't let nobody cut you out. Just nourish yourself and you'll come out bouncing back big. And that's my prayer for you, that you nutrient that you need right now, don't neglect them. Don't despise them, but just soak them in and the Lord God will prosper you and strengthen you. So God bless you today. I will come your way again soon. Amen. Glory be to God. This is Acts Pastor Oda bringing the word of the Lord to you. Always a privilege. And as we listen today, I pray that grace will abound unto you and His perfect will be done in your life in Jesus' name. I'll be adding on to the series that I've titled Picture Perfect, how we can have our, um, the picture of the dream or the purpose of God to be so clear in our mind, and then to live it out, as if to say to write out the vision or to, to live it out, to make it practical and to see our works that we are bringing forth as a result of the vision that we are framed in our mind. So to add to that, I want us, as we accomplish that, to have it a global view to it. So whatever thing God has given you, it must expand. As you get closer to it, you will see it expanding. There is a global nature for every vision. You hear a lot of uh, men of God or women of God or people that have had a great encounter with God And great ministries, they always talk about global. And in time past, global meant you have to travel around the world, from place to place. But thank God for the real, the new definition of global, because right here and this time of internet age, you can stay in a place and you're reaching out globally. So you see, God is not unaware of this our present age. His word lives forever. So even back then, it was written. They were not internet uh, connections, but now he has already seen ahead that there will be a time where this global a ministry or global call will be so easy to do because of how he is bringing advancement to technology. So whatever you do, even especially in our time, you must have that picture of global nature. It must affect nations. And some of you will be wondering, well, I don't do anything that will affect nations. We're going to see how God has actually uh, what definition God has concerning nations. So we'll start from where Jesus. gave his assignment to us in Acts chapter 1 from verse 7 to 9 and he said to them it is not for you to know times and seasons which the father has put in his own authority but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth now when he has spoken these things while they watched, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. So this is the, the nature of God's call to everyone. He was speaking to the disciples then, but this is how the call of God comes to us. He does not come just to um, put in a small place, but he, rather he, he gives us a global nature in it. And then he calls us to the nations of the world. As if to say, you can start with your family. You can start small, but you must extend and you must expand. And I pray that the expansion in your vision and in your call will be actualized in the name of Jesus. So the definition of a nation I'll read here in Genesis chapter 12 verse 2. And this is God speaking to Abraham. He said, I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. Now, the definition of a nation from Genesis is a family or a person. So even from uh, uh, Noah, when after they came out from the ark, God was blessing the the children of Noah as if he was talking to nations. So as if to say a man represents a nation. And this is how God sees the nations and sees us globally. So even when you are not in a particular location, you can be affecting nations as people come your way. So we must be careful, especially those that have travelled out of their locality into other nations. Sometimes we travel too far away and still, you know, settle among our people. We are so connected to only those that speak like us or only those that you know come from our kind of culture. That must not be because God took you away from your immediate environment for a purpose we must have that global view to accept anyone God is bringing our way and be a blessing to them so these are nations coming around you so if you in case you're wondering I haven't traveled to Asia therefore I haven't gone to the nations the people God is bringing the Asians to you he's bringing the Indians your way so when you go to work you don't just mingle or relate with people that speak your language you must open up to other people and pour into their life and be a blessing. You know, there was a, a year in my church, the, the The theme of the year was uh, wealth transfer. And as we were learning during that year, um, we were learning about you shall not borrow and you will lend to nations. You know, so the one day I was praying, seriously, Lord, I want to lend to nations. You know, just wondering how much wealth I will have to be able to lend to nations. It, it looked so big. It was like so huge in my mind. But as I was praying, the Lord interrupted me right then and he answered me, said, you're already doing it. I don't know if that was like an answer or a disappointment. I said, Lord, I'm already doing it. You know, I am am I already doing it? Because right now I don't think I have enough money to lend to nations. So as I started studying, the Lord started opening my eyes to say that as you give to other families, as you give to men, you are giving to nations. So the Lord encouraged me, you're already doing it, just increase what your speed. So as you give to your family, also give to other people, other family members, because that you are giving to nations. And before you know it, you'll be affecting an Indian without your knowing. You will affect... Um, someone from Africa without your knowing. And you are still where you are, maybe at a spot, but your influence is going far. You are sending to charities and to organizations, to missionaries. You are lending to nations. So nations here is a definition of families and human beings and the people of God. And even unbelievers that don't know God, we affect them positively. And that is a global view. So as you actualize that picture that God has given you, always have a mind that is a global call every call must go globally and god will continue to expand us accordingly and continue to receive great harvest in jesus name amen